Stephen. Oh yeah, Stephen's uh, still in London. Alon. Ah, uh, Alon couldn't join me today. All right, I guess I'm just gonna do this solo dolo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to just your pregame show, man. Week seven edition. Derek Papa gonna be doing this solo dolo and no stream today. Just podcast because I don't know. Stream by yourself is kind of weird and sad. Even though doing a podcast by yourself at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning is pretty sad, too. But regardless, uh, I'm going to be talking to you today about these Week 7 games. I'm going to pick them as well. Not going to be against anybody because Alon and Steven aren't going to pick against me. But I'll just see how I did this week. Um, and I'll also talk about uh, what's going on with uh, some trade stuff going on in the NFL right now. Uh, a lot of rumors, but one that wasn't a rumor... And I didn't think it was going to happen, actually. Last week at this time, I think me and Alon were talking about the possibility of Christian McCaffrey being traded to the 49ers, and I laughed at it. Because I didn't think it was going to be real. I didn't think that the Niners were going to make a move like this. In years past, they've, you know, made the big trade for the third overall pick to get Trey Lance. But besides that, as far as acquiring veterans, they never made really make a move like this in the in recent history. So... Thursday night, watching the, uh, even though it was more of a high-scoring game, I did not care for the uh, Saints-Cardinals game, but thank God we get a better game this week on Thursday Night Football. Uh, At the end of the game, Al Michaels then uh, gives a report saying that uh, the San Francisco 49ers have traded for Christian McCaffrey, and I was shocked. Even with Tim Kawakami writing an article earlier in the day saying that the 49ers are front-runners. I just didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think that... I thought, you know, to be perfectly honest, I thought another team would beat him out. I thought that the Bills would try to make a bigger play for Christian McCaffrey, even though they're running the ball pretty well with Devin Singletary. Hell, I thought the Chiefs were going to make a bigger play for Christian McCaffrey. He'd be perfect for them. And then, as expected, the Rams did make a play for Christian McCaffrey. They did make an offer. I don't think it was the same capital as the 49ers did giving away their 2023 second round pick third round pick fourth round pick and 2024 fifth round pick but all reports indicate that um not all reports i should say but one report says that christian mccaffrey was given the choice between the rams and the 49ers and in the end he chose the 49ers and why not he used to play in the bay area his dad uh ed mccaffrey of course, played for Mike Shanahan, and now Christian gets to play for Kyle Shanahan. Full circle, and I guess uh, Christian talked about in the past that he used to, you know, be babysat by Kyle, or I guess his sister, I don't know, but um, it's pretty cool, actually, for a guy to come back home to the Bay Area, play for uh, a coach that, you know, is the son of the coach that his dad played for. It's 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 really... Uh, you know, quite awesome, actually. Um, but yeah, for the first time, the 49ers beat out their division foe off the field in a uh, arms race to get a high-caliber player. So I think this is a huge move for the 49ers to get Christian McCaffrey. I did not think... Well, first of all, I didn't think it was. I did not think it was going to happen, and I've already said that, but I also just didn't think that... Kyle Shanahan needed him. Of course, you'll take him. He's a fantastic player. But at the same time, you know, 
running the ball has never been an issue for them. Elijah Mitchell, you know, whenever he comes back, he's been running well. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. The, the the common thing with Kyle Shanahan or Mike Shanahan has been that they always find somebody else to fill in that running back position. Could be a great running back like Terrell Davis, or it could be a no-name guy like Alandis Gary. They just changed it out every single year with the Broncos, even the 49ers. You know, Raheem Mostert bounced around this league, and then, you know, Kyle Shanahan made him establish running back. So I just didn't think they needed him, and I'm still interested to see in how they use him because Christian McCaffrey is a very dynamic playmaker. And I, you know, I would assume that Kyle Shanahan is going to use him like Devontae Freeman back when he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. He was a great pass-catching running back. And Christian McCaffrey is a better player than uh, Devontae Freeman. But I'd be interested to see how Kyle's going to use him. I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, short passing game stuff. And, of course, you can line them up in the backfield with Debo Samuel. That takes away the predictability that a lot of defenses had when Debo Samuel was in the backfield. So this will give them the opportunity to do more things in their offense um, I was just interested in wondering, you know, Kyle Shanahan has always used his running backs, you know, I formations and, you know, a lot of zone running. And I, I would just like to see how Kyle, uh, Christian's going to be used, but he's a great running back and he's dynamic. So I'm sure he'll be used in many different ways between the tackles, outside the tackle, shotgun runs, you know, when Trey Lance comes back. I think there's a bigger deal when Trey Lance comes back, to be honest. As Kyle Shanahan said to the media, this isn't a rental. So I think that Christian's going to be very beneficial for Trey Lance in the future. Now, that's assuming that Trey Lance comes back fully healthy and everything from the broken leg, which he should. And we'll see about the future of Jimmy Garoppolo and everything. As far as the here and now, this helps Jimmy out. This helps Jimmy Garoppolo out because his stat line um, this season, I mean... Just going down the field has not been good. And I'm pulling up the stats here real quick. It's more awkward when you are by yourself and you cannot buy time. But let me see if I can pull. Here we go. Oh, wait. Nope. Shit. Still don't have it. Hang on. Bear with me here, people. Hold on. Ah, okay. Here we go. So this season, Jimmy Garoppolo on passes downfield 15 yards or more. His quarterback rating is at 35. That's for 30th in the NFL. His completion percentage is 31. That's 31st. And yards per attempt is at 7.8. That's 32nd in the National Football League. That's dead last. So he is not... I mean, no one has ever said that Jimmy Garoppolo has had a big arm. He just cannot throw down the field, and that's why you haven't seen Danny Gray play as much. So this move is made for Jimmy Garoppolo to dink and dunk his way down the field, you know, third and fours, short yardage completions, easy over the middle to Christian McCaffrey. It should be at least. Um, so yeah, I think this is going to be a great move for the 49ers, but still at the end of the day, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback. So he's the one that's got to distribute the ball to these great offensive playmakers with George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brian Ayuk, and now Christian McCaffrey. I do wonder if they made this move of Trey Lance was still a quarterback and if they were struggling because let's just say that they are you know 
two and four right now, and Trey Lance is playing quarterback. They probably still would have made this move because they're not out of it yet. But this tells me that they are all win are all in, I should say. All wins actually a good phrase too. They're all win, baby. They're all win they're all in <laughs> to win this season. And yeah, let's just say that if Trey Lance was struggling, I don't think they were gonna give him a lot of room to grow because this is a super caliber team. They've been in the Super Bowl, they lost the NFC Championship game. And I think that they would have made a move like this if Trey Lance was struggling. And also, I think they would have made the move to go to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that they view this team in a short window, maybe, or maybe not. But when you have the time to win now, you need to take it. So, this says to me that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan view this team as win now, obviously. And they weren't going to substitute another season just to get Trey Lance developed. Like, like I know a lot of 49er fans wanted that to happen, but a move like this says to me that they want to win. So they were going to try it out with Trey Lance, and if he wasn't going to do very well, then they were going to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo. This is the same case where you're 3-3, three and three, you're at 500, and you make a move like this to go win the Super Bowl. And you make a move like this to compete with the team that always has made huge moves like this. You know, this week, I'm not really sure why it was brought up on Jalen Ramsey's podcast, but I guess it was just because Matthew Stafford was on it. He said that he thought he was going to the San Francisco 49ers initially. And that's funny to me because Matthew Stafford was in Cabo, Kyle Shanahan was in Cabo, and Sean McVay was in Cabo. In the end, Matthew Stafford chose to go to the Rams because that's the team you wanted to go to. It's very rare in the NFL these days where some guy just gets traded and has no say in where he goes. So Christian McCaffrey definitely had a say in going to the 49ers. Matthew Stafford had a say in going to the Rams. Von Miller had a say in going to the Rams. And for the first time, someone wanted to go to the Niners over the Rams. And honestly, John Lynch probably had better compensation for Scott Fitterer and the Carolina Panthers than Les Snead did. Now, all indications are that the Rams, just because they made this move, or they swung and missed at Christian McCaffrey, does not mean that they're done. You've been hearing rumors now for the past two days about Brian Burns and you know the asking price is two first-round picks. We'll see about that. But I guess this morning Adam Schefter reported that um, a team offered the Panthers two first-round picks, and the Panthers said no. So he may be off the table. But I would still not rule out the L.A. Rams to make a huge move uh, before the trade deadline here. They're off their bye week. Uh, they have a bye week this week, but they're coming off it next week. So I, if they're going to make a move, I would probably think maybe Monday morning or sometime this week. But as far as the San Francisco 49ers, this is what you know fans have been waiting for. You know, to them to make a move like this to compete with the Rams to go all in. They trade a lot of draft capital, but honestly, this is not like a fuck them pick situation. Yes, they don't have a first-round pick next season or a second-round pick, but they've accumulated so many comp, uh, compensatory picks from, you know, uh, I guess the reward of having coaches of color on your team and then being appointed different positions. That's what the NFL does now. So when Robert Sala, Mike McDaniel, Martin Mayhew get jobs, the 49ers benefited from it and get draft picks. So... 
even though they traded away quite a bit of draft picks, five total to be honest. That's a lot. Actually, second, third, fourth, and f- no, sorry, four. But um, they still have a pretty much you know a good deal of them left over. They have two thirds. Uh, I think another fourth. R- regardless, they won't have a first and a second next season, but they are still in a good position to draft in the future. So, you know, Christian McCaffrey's wearing 23. He was on the practice field Friday morning, and when he just flew in after being traded the night before. And we will see him today. He is going to play against the Kansas City Chiefs for a monster game today. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he's going to play a ton. Jeff Wilson Jr. will still get the start. You'll probably see him in certain packages, mostly red zone, I would assume. But, yeah, I think that's a huge deal for, you know, having a huge game like this, a home game. The 2012 49ers are coming back to Levi's and to celebrate that team that lost the Super Bowl to the Ravens. And uh, despite all that, I still think that it's going to be a tall order for the San Francisco 49ers to beat the Kansas City Chiefs today. The worst thing that could have happened for the Niners was to lose that game last week to the Atlanta Falcons, plus the Chiefs losing to the Buffalo Bills. Andy Reid coming off a loss or a bye, his record is immaculate, so... I would say that even with the acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, there may be you know some growing pains at first. He'll be fine. Though. He'll pick it up pretty easily. But I still got to see how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to use you know Christian McCaffrey. Or I, sh- I should I should say I should say how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to take a- advantage of the weapons around him now because it's still Jimmy Garoppolo throwing in this offense. So and I, I see everybody saying like, oh, how are you going to stop this offense? You you, you know. The 49ers could stop themselves from Jimmy Garoppolo's poor play, so we'll see if he's able to distribute the football, but I still like the Kansas City Chiefs today. Um, and, you know, the Niners are still coming off with a lot of injuries. Uh, some guys are coming back today, Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, but I'm going to pick that game a little later, but I, you know, I don't think the addition of Christian McCaffrey changes my opinion of how that game is going to come out today. Another game uh, on the docket that of a team that we pay attention to, Texans and Raiders. And this is a game that the Raiders should win. I know that, you know, they're 1-4, you know, very hard-fought loss to the Kansas City Chiefs a week ago. Two weeks ago, I should say. And now you're back in Vegas at home. Don't know if the Texans fans are showing up today at Allegiant, but... This is a game they should win. Coming off a bye, they are playing a lot better than their record indicates. At the end of the day, that is what their record is. You are you are what your record is, as Bill Parcell said. So, um, one and four, and they have a you know a string of games coming up here that that should be winnable for them. And this is the first one. And there's no excuse. You you got to win this game today. If they lose this game to the Texans, I'm not sure how good of a team they're going to be going forward. Now, Darren Waller is out again, and this is alarming to me because they had a whole bye week for him to get healthy. And this has been a constant thing with him. He's When he's healthy, he is one of the best tight ends of football. He hasn't been great this season. He caught one touchdown pass. Derek Carr has been trying to go to him in the end zone a couple times this season and has not delivered. A little bit on Derek, a little bit on Darren, but for him not being out there today, that is huge. So 
he got the big contract. He's going to be a Raider, but that's something to look, you know, going forward that you may need to rely on another tight end on this offense because you don't know how healthy Darren Waller is going to be. Now, someone that is going to come back today is Hunter Renfro, who's going to play for the first time since week two. He suffered that concussion at the end of the loss to the Cardinals. So, like I said, man, this should be a good game. Um, I shouldn't say a good game, but this should be a game for the Raiders to win. I know the Texans are a strong team defensively. They got some, you know, holes in their offense. And the rumors of Brandon Cooks being traded at the deadline after he signed an extension with the Texans, um, even though we all thought he was going to get traded in the offseason. So, like, you know, Derek Carr playing against uh, the Texans, uh, the team that his brother played for so many years. So, I don't know if that's any added incentive or anything. Probably not. But, yeah, it'll be, you know, probably be a low-scoring game, and it'll be tough on the Raiders. But this is a game that they should win. This is a game that they need to win, to be quite honest. All right, let me pick some of these week seven games. So me and Alon picked Thursday night's game between the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals, and Alon picked it right. He got the Cardinals to win, and he took the over, so he gets two points. And I took the Saints to win after Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton screwed me, throwing two pick sixes before the half. All-time uh, halftime interview from Dennis Allen telling uh, Andy Dalton, just keep doing what you're doing, except don't keep throwing it to the other team. That'd be great. But I did get right on the over, so uh, Alon is up 2-1, to one, and um, I think that's how it's going to end because Alon's not here. So I'm going to pick the rest of these games how I see them. So the, on the docket today, we got the Atlanta Falcons going to Cincinnati. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites, and the over/under is at forty-seven and a half. I like what the Falcons have been doing, but I don't see them coming into Cincinnati and winning today. And this is a game that the Bengals need to win. They're at three and three. They need to start turning things around and getting back to the Super Bowl form from a year ago. So I'm gonna take the Bengals to win. I'm gonna take the. But having said all that, the Falcons are a sneaky good team. And six and a half is kind of a lot, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a closer game. So I'm going to take the uh, Falcons to cover. And I'm going to go over on that 47 and a half. Then we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Carolina for the Panthers' first game without Christian McCaffrey. And the Buccaneers are favored by 13 points, and the over-under is at 39 the Bucks don't score a lot of offense. They're coming off a pretty bad performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win because they need a good game. Their offense has been struggling, and the Panthers, I don't know who they're trading away next. Could be Brian Burns, but you, you know that's a guy that they probably should hang on to. But I don't see a lot of offense coming from the Carolina Panthers today. So I'm going to take the Bucks to win. I'm gonna lay the points at 13, but I'm gonna go the I'm gonna go under on the 39. And then we got the very surprising New York Giants, five and one record, going to Jacksonville to take on the Jags, and this is very weird to me. Even though the Giants have won back-to-back games against playoff teams a year ago, actually the, the Ravens weren't a playoff team, but they're a good team right now. Uh, they're you know average like the rest of the league, I would say. The Giants, coming off a win against the Green Bay Packers and the Baltimore Ravens, they are dogs today. 
as the Jacksonville Jaguars are three-point favorites at home, and the over-under is at 43.5. That's surprising to me because the Jags have not looked good since they won 38-10 to over the uh, Chargers. And now, you know, they've lost a few games in a row now. Uh, you know, lost to the Texans, lost to a close game to the Colts. They still can put up points. And Vegas is on to something here because I like the Jags too. I mean, I, I, I'm buying the Giants um, a little bit. Um, I still don't know about their offense. Their defense is for real. But I would say that Doug Peterson gets things going today against a team that he beat a lot when he was coach of the, of the Eagles. And I think the Giants are just due for a letdown. They're, you know, they played great against the, you know, the cream of the crop in the NFL, the Packers and Ravens, and they may have a little letdown today against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm going to take the Jags. I'm going to lay the points. And 43.5, I'm going to go over. This could be a high-scoring game today. Then you got the Green Bay Packers going to Washington. And the Packers are in kind of a skid here. They got uh, two losses in a row. They, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is having a little frustrations with uh, his receiving core. You hear rumors about Chase Claypool maybe be availing, available to them in a trade. So we'll see about that. Randall Cobb out for the Packers. So Aaron Rodgers got to rely on some younger guys. But he does get Sammy Watkins back today. And the Commies will be without Carson Wentz as he goes on IR for a broken finger. Yikes. I mean, four weeks? I mean, I, I, I know a lot of guys miss time, quarterbacks do, for broken fingers. But Carson Wentz is going to miss a game against the Colts and the Eagles, which really sucks. But Taylor Heineke who's been in that role before, gets to start today. And, you know, they may play better with Taylor. Or is it T- Taylor? Taylor Heineke, yeah. I always make, always mess up his name. Um, but, yeah, they, you know, still waiting on uh, Chase Young to get back. Um, so... They may go, yeah, the, the the commies may go through a little rough patch here. So um, this is a game that the Packers need to win. They're coming off two bad losses to New York teams. Um, offense is, has not been going in the right direction. Um, so I'm taking the Packers to win today. I'm going to lay the points. Sorry, the Packers are favored by 4.5, and, and the over-under is at 41.5. So I'm going to take the Packers to win. I'm going to lay the points, but I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game with Taylor coming back. Offense maybe a little out of rhythm today, so I'm going to go under. Then we got the Detroit Lions coming off a bye and going to Dallas where Dak Prescott will get a second start of the season after hurting his finger uh, and missing a couple weeks. Four or five, I should say. And he gets his, uh, you know, he gets back in the offense today, taking over for Cooper Rush, who was playing well, and then just threw, you know, three interceptions in a game against the Eagles. So, you know, everyone thinks that Dallas has been playing pretty well, and I think so too. Their defense has been playing well, but I think they kind of showed their true colors of who they are a week ago against the Eagles. Just they're not going to beat better teams. So, and the Detroit Lions are coming off a bye themselves, and they only have won one game this season. 
Um, so, but they, they, they've also been a very high scoring team and I think they're going to be not a playoff team this season, but much more improved than a year ago. And I think it starts today coming off a bye. Dan Campbell gets his team fired up. The Dallas Cowboys are six and a half point favorites and the over-unders at 49. You know, with the Dak Prescott that's been on the sidelines for a couple weeks now, coming off a little slow, in my opinion, possibly. And the Detroit Lions team coming off a bye. I don't like the Detroit Lions today. I'm going to take them to win. And I'm going to take the under at 49 points. I just think the Cowboys offense is not going to score that many points today. And then we got the Indianapolis Colts going to the Tennessee Titans. And, uh, you know, earlier this year already the Titans um, beat up on the Colts 24-17. to And um, Colts offense showed some life a week ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars, scoring 34 points. And at some point the Colts got to start playing up to their potential. So... I'm still sticking with the Colts. I think they could be a very good team this season. Um, I still think they could win this division. Obviously, uh, I'm not. I haven't been that impressed with the Titans. They've, you know, their defense has improved since uh, their first two weeks of the season. But the Colts got to go on the road and win a game here. So I, I'm gonna take the Colts. I'm gonna take them to win today. Um, the Titans were favored by two and a half, and the over/unders at forty-one and a half. I'm gonna take the Colts, and I'm going to take the under. Because um, when these two teams play, it's usually low scoring. Then we got the Cleveland Browns going to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Browns with a very bad loss to the Patriots last week. Coming off before that, a bad loss to the Chargers. So they need to pick me up here. But the Baltimore Ravens need a little, you know, pick me up themselves after Lamar Jackson uh, throws uh, an interception and a fumble. Um, in the uh, closing minutes of their loss to the New York Giants. And uh, the Baltimore Ravens are 6.5-point favorites, and the over-under is at 46. So I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens to win today. Um, the Browns, uh, Jacoby Brissett just doesn't look great at quarterback, and they're, we'll see how they, they look when uh, Deshaun Watson plays for them in a couple weeks here, coming up pretty fast, so... I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens to win, but I think it's going to be a close game, so I'll take the Browns to cover. And this over-under is at 46. I'm going to go over there. I think it's going to be a high-scoring uh, a game from uh, both offenses. Then for the later games today, we got the Seattle Seahawks going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers winning a game over the Denver Broncos last week. Um a game that, you know, not very fun to look at. Kind of a weird, low-scoring game. Not what we expect from both either of those offenses between the Broncos and Chargers, but the Broncos' offense has been dreadful this season. Chargers are still waiting for Keenan Allen to come back, and he's also been screwing me in fantasy. But um, we don't know about today. Still a game-time decision, but I'm hearing that they kind of want to Ten in the side of caution because they can rest Keenan Allen, take the bye week, give him two more weeks to heal up, and then play. But we will see about that. That we'll see about that today. So the Chargers are five point favorites, and the over under is at fifty and a half. I'm going to take the Chargers to win because this is the team that they should beat. Even the Seahawks are pretty good. I still think the Chargers should beat them. 
but I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very tight game, as usual with the Chargers. They never blow anybody out. And I'm going to take the under, uh, because 50.5 is a little high scoring for me. And I think the Chargers coming off a Monday night game and the Seahawks not being a very high-scoring team. They can be at times, but I don't think that's the case today. So I'm going to take the 15-and-a-half. Uh, hmm. You know what? Actually, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go over. Seahawks offense, uh, defense hasn't been great. Chargers offense can get things going today. Yeah. yeah you know what? Actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go over just let it on the spot, because I can. And then we got the Jets at the Denver Broncos, and I guess that Wolverine blood that Russell Wilson has is not going to help him out today, because he is not going to play today's game. Brett Rippon, Mark Rippon's nephew, yeah, is going to get the start today for the Denver Broncos. And a lot of people would say then, then the Broncos are going to lose. Not so fast, my friend. I think that even though the Jets have played very well these last few weeks, three in a row, three wins in a row from Zach Milfson, I think they're due for a letdown. And I think the Broncos' defense needs to play their ass off today. I think they will, to be honest. And I think Brett Rippon could probably... I mean, he's not going to do better than Russell Wilson, but he can he'll, he can do the right things today to get a win. So, against my better judgment, with the Jets being favored by one and a half and the over-under at 37, I'm going to take the Denver Broncos to win. Yep, I'm going to take the Broncos to win. And I'm going to go under, because this is going to be a very low-scoring, ugly game, especially if the Broncos win. Then we got the Houston Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are seven-point favorites, and the over-under is at 46. Quite simple. I'm taking the Raiders to win because they got to. I'm laying the points because they should beat this team by more than seven points. But you never know in this league. Who I mean, the the Texans are a pretty good team. Um, actually, I shouldn't say that. They're not a pretty good team. They just have a pretty good defense, and they stay in games. But as far as this matchup, the Raiders coming off a bye... Texas going off a bye as well, but they should beat this team. So I'm going to lay the points, but 46 is a little too high for me, so I'm going to go under for the Raiders and the Texans. And then we got probably the biggest game of the day. Kansas City Chiefs going to Levi's to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Of course, the rematch of the Super Bowl a few years ago, and the Chiefs are favored by one, and the over-under is at 49. Um, even though Christian McCaffrey is on the 49ers today and uh, he gives them another dimension in their offense, I don't think it's going to be enough still. Um, I just don't know. It, it, it's still, still going to be a feeling out period of how they're going to use him. And I just don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo will put up as many points as Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to win. I'm going to lay the points. At 49, though, I'm going to go under because I think that the 49ers defense will hold the Chiefs from going crazy offensively, but at the same time, I don't know how many points the Chiefs or the Niners themselves will score. And then the later games are the nationally televised games, Sunday night game, Monday night game. Pittsburgh Steelers go to Miami where they'll celebrate the 50th anniversary of the undefeated 72 Dolphins. And Tua is back finally for the Dolphins. 
Kenny Pickett sounds like he's going to get the start for the Steelers after he passed all protocols for concussion symptoms. The Dolphins are seven-point favorites, and the over-unders are 44.5. I'm taking the Dolphins to win, but I'm going to take the Steelers to cover just because of their defense. Um, they keep them in games, and I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. So I'm going to go under. And then the Monday night game, God, Bears again? Jesus Christ. Oof. Um, the Chicago Bears and their dreadful offense with Justin Fields goes to New England to take on Mac Jones over Bailey Zappi? I don't know about that one. We'll see uh, We'll see if that sticks. But the Patriots are a way better team, and they're getting 7.5, and, and the over-under is at 40. I'll take the Patriots to win. I'm going to lay the points, but I'm definitely going to take that under because the Bears' offense is putrid. And that's my picks. So we'll see how I do this week. And um, I really have nothing to worry about as far as a punishment if I get all these wrong because no one did the podcast with me. But it's all good. Um, maybe we'll do one during the week here. Steven, I think we'll be back in the next few days here from London. So thanks to all of you for listening today. Uh, no stream because it would just be weird and sad. But thanks for listening to Just Your Pregame Show, man. And as, as we always say on this podcast, it's just our your opinion, man.